Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for the day is Luke chapter 12, 22 to 34. But I'd like to particularly focus on the verse that reads, Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes nor near nor moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The father was desperate to save his dying son. It seemed that whatever the father touched, he was blessed when it came to money. But when it came to his family, that was a different story. His wife, because of cancer, had died. His priest's teen son lay on the edge of death. His company advisors pleaded for him not to sign his wealth away. But he signs. His son starts to flatline, engaging the medical team to revive the son. The father looks devastated as his son's life ebbs away. He's losing everything. The last scene of the mansion for the, is with a for sale sign swinging in front in the darkness. But the happy father is playing cards with his smiling son by his hospital bed. Right? Wrong? Or even true? I don't know, it's from the series House, but it demonstrates what a person might do for what they treasure the most. But faith is more than a treasure. Faith motivates people to do what we would think impossible. Faith is believing something will happen. Now, we can just believe something will happen, but without a promise, a word, it is blind faith. No matter how much we trust, it doesn't mean it will come true. There has to be something greater than just faith, than just trust. Faith has to have an object, something to hold on to, a word from the one who can make it happen. Hebrews chapter 11, we are given many examples of faith. Going all the way back to Abel, today we heard about Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. What is different is that they heard, as we heard today in the Old Testament, that Abram had God's word on it. It is the word that makes all the difference. The word is what faith grasps, clings on to. We have two important aspects today. What we treasure and what we trust or have faith in. First, the treasure. I have a friend that I've known for 41 years. She has been my most closest companion. I have shared my best joys. She has been through my toughest times. She has become my treasure. I married her, and we have completed 36 years of marriage. My wife and your organist. Many have different treasures, and maybe yours is your spouse as well. Children, or your boat, your cabin, or other things. When we treasure something, we take special care of it, like your boat and your cabin, your bike, your car, like the father took care of his son and I, my wife. When we treasure someone, you'll spend time with them and treat them with special care. Yet Jesus said and warns, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Over the last few Sundays, we've heard of a man who treasured Jesus so much that he wanted to follow him after the demons were cast from him. Three Sundays ago, 
Mary chose to sit at Jesus' feet and treasure his word. Last Sunday, we heard the danger of treasuring our retirement over being rich toward God. This Sunday, Jesus teaches about the endurance of those riches that we have by faith. Of course, that all comes to us by the word. And I praise God for all of you who take God's word seriously. But it is hard to remain focused when there are children to take care of, jobs to go to, family events and demands. But the good news is that no matter how much we have neglected his word before or what our lives have been before this day, our Lord still offers us his life-giving word for us to treasure once again. Now, what I'm about to tell you I have done before, but I believe it is good for us to review. Turn to the back of the intro sheet, or maybe a scratch piece of paper that you have on hand, and trace your hand on it. Right by the little finger, Romans 10:17. Now, Romans 10:17 says, So faith comes by hearing, or from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. So where does faith come from according to Romans 10:17? That is hearing it. God's word preached here. It is taught in Sunday school. When you are there, then you are in God's word. When you are here, you are hearing it now. Now, right on that little finger, the word hear. The word comes into our ears and creates faith. Now, I'm going to have a volunteer come up and try to pull the Bible from me when I'm holding it with my little finger in my hand. How firm is our grasp on God's Word if we only hear it being read and preached? Not much, is it? It's pretty easy to take away. Faith needs to hold, faith's hold needs to be strengthened. So now on the ring finger, write Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it, and who keep it, what is written in it, for the time is near. What does Revelation 1.3 say about who is blessed? The one who reads it. So go ahead and write read on your ring finger. What happens if we both hear and read it? Well, I'll hold the Bible here with my ring finger and little pinky and see what happens when someone tries to grab it away. A uh, little better, but it needs more strength to hold up to the challenges that we face, just like our faith. Write Acts 17.11 on your middle finger. Now, Acts 17.11, I'm going to read from the NIV 84 because I don't have to define the pronouns. The Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. What does this tell us to do with God's word? That is to examine, to study God's word. So let's go ahead and write the word study on our middle finger. Now, what happens if we both hear and read and study God's Word? Well, let's demonstrate. I'll hold the Bible with my middle finger, ring finger, and pinky. Now, try to take God's Word from me. 
A little better, but it's still impossible to hold on when challenged. So also our faith. Now turn to Psalm 119 and write on the pointer finger. Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What does this tell us to do with God's word? To hide it in our hearts. Now, how would we hide it in our hearts? That's right. We would memorize it. So write the word memorize on your pointer finger. Now, what happens if we both hear, read, study, and memorize God's word? Well, I'll hold the Bible with my pointer finger, my middle finger, my ring finger, and pinky. Now snatch God's word from me. Ah, that's better. But it's still difficult to hold on when challenged. So now we come to Joshua 1.8, and right by the thumb, write Joshua 1.8. It reads, Do not let this book of the law, now when it says the word law, we have the word, actually the Hebrew word, Torah, that is teaching. Do not let this teaching depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Did you hear that? What does this tell us to do with God's word? It says to meditate on it. So write the word meditate on the thumb. Now what happens if we both hear, read, study, memorize, and meditate on God's word? Well, I'll hold the Bible with my whole hand here, and we'll see what happens when the word of God is taken from me. Now, meditation is looking at God's word. It is understanding God's word. It is to get into deeper meaning of God's word. It is by asking questions like, what are the other places, similar ideas, happen and how does this expand this idea of what's going on in the text now try it aha it is very difficult to take the bible from me right well when all the elements of handling god's word are present and working together it becomes extremely difficult for the bible to be wrenched or fade away from us we are better able to stand up for what god has revealed as true to stand up for what we believe god says if, in fact, we are tempted, we have a shield. What kind of shield are we given? Remember, Jesus Christ in the wilderness, when he was being tempted by Satan, what did he use as his defense? The very word. Yes, the Old Testament word. But not only that, but a right understanding of that word, because Satan even tried to use God's word against him. Through his word, we have taken to heart God's word. God's word, indeed, comes to us by his Holy Spirit, and he works. We hear the promise Abraham heard. It wasn't coming true as fast as Abraham wanted it to. It looked even impossible but God had promised in Genesis chapter 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Eventually, the promises his nation, his people, are that he would have as many descendants as the seashore and, and the stars in the skies come, came true.
And by faith, that is even larger now, as we see in the church. God's word gives us protection because Jesus Christ is our shield. God's word is true and trustworthy. We can have faith and trust in it and treasure it because we are given the treasure of heaven. That is Jesus Christ, God's own son for our salvation. We have God's word on it. Amen. Now, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.